This is Mouth Media Network, the business of being heard. Hi, I'm Lahari Neil Peretti, founder of LN Accounting Advisor, and this is Then What? With another story of a big then what business moment which transformed into real success made possible by real leadership. The people we celebrate in business and in life are often those who take a big leap. There is that moment when they have to decide, am I going to stay on this side or will I leap to the other side, take the risk and really go for it? That leap and what we do once we have leaped, a then what moment is where the difference really can be. Electra Davis, founder of Mystique Naturals, is believed to be one of the first women to have created a chemical-free hair color product, having started developing the product in 2016. The company is a black woman, veteran-owned small business. Plus, she's a mother of two. Electra left the security of a nine-to-five job and took that leap, going all in on her own business. It isn't easy, but making that leap can help propel you to the next stage of business. Coming up, you'll hear Electra's story, how actually slowing down to establish processes and find the right team and partners allowed the company to really scale up, and why, for her, it was more about managing and preparing for growth than achieving it. I have an equation I'd like to ask you to work out for me. How does someone who isn't a hairstylist or known hair expert, and I'm assuming you're not a chemist either, create a non-harmful dye for hair and then produce it to the public, and not only that, but turn it into an actual growing business? How does that something like that happen? Well, um, honestly, I actually was really good at science um, when I was a, a kid. And so uh, I wasn't good at math, um, and surprisingly, <laughs> they go together. I realized um, through this time, it's going to sound really cheesy, that the things that we think that we don't need in school actually may come up in life uh, to where we actually are able to, uh, we're supposed to uh, use it. Uh, so my math skills started to come into play, um, science skills started to come into play. Um, and I was I was really trying to do it for myself. So it wasn't any pressure of me trying to be an entrepreneur at that time. I really was just having fun, if I could be honest with you. Um, so I didn't have those those pressures or, or how am I going to get this right? Um, I was really just trying to get it right at my leisure, you know, uh, for myself initially. So you were mentioning that your math and your science skills came into play. So how did this idea even come about? What were you trying to create at the end? Well, I have dyed my hair before with traditional um, dyes. Um, and my hair, is, I have really fine hair. And it was a beautiful auburn color. Um, but um, I don't like going to the salon. <laughs> so having a professional take care of my hair. Um, it, it, spending all those hours in, in the salon just wasn't an option for me and my hair started to fall out. Uh, so like any other woman, you vow to never color your hair again. It's so damaging. And so we all know that's a lie. <laughs> um, and so I started to try to come up with different remedies to try to naturally, you know, or as chemical free as possible, um, color my hair because I'm a very vibrant, colorful person. 
you know, so I like to express that from the inside out. Um, and I express it through my hair. So, um, yeah, basically I was just trying to get that color without the fear of the damage. That's amazing. And how, how are you able to figure out what worked to create this? There was a lot of trial and error. I mean, I started out with putting lipstick in my hair. <laughs> I, I mean, I, it was, it, I don't know. I felt like color in my hair was like crack. It's like, you, 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 I was just trying to find something, you know, to substitute, you know? And so I was just like, I tried lipstick. I tried eyeshadow. Um, I tried a hair Kool-Aid or not hair Kool-Aid, but Kool-Aid to put in my hair. Um, so it was a lot of trial and error until I really just started to, to put forth, you know, the things that I've learned in school, which is absolutely, you know, research, you know, um, so just doing the different research and, and looking at different, um, things that I could put together that would be stable when they come together. Um, and I didn't want to create something that I had to store at a certain a certain amount of time, um, because I didn't plan on going into any stores or anything like that, but I just knew that I wanted to be able to store it without having to have preservatives or having water or anything like that. Anything that can break down the product, I knew I didn't want that. So I needed to find products um, that I could put together that would be stable together uh, without me having to have any preservatives. So you started this at home and then what, then what happened? Well, I started at home, and so there, there are people who, um, because I, I am a colorful person, they're always wondering what I'm going to have on, how I'm going to do my hair, you know, what am I going to do with my nails, because my nails never match. Um, and so when I started to color my hair, um, I was doing it like, you know, changing my hair like once a week, and then sometimes twice, you know, within a week, you know, and so they were like, you know, coloring your hair that often is not very healthy. And I was like, well, it's temporary, you know, nothing's happening, you know? So they were like temporary and it's like vibrant, you know, like that. And I'm like, yeah. And they're like, oh, where'd you get it? I'm like, oh, I made it. (laughs) I love that. Make me some. So I'm like, cool, cool. All right. You know, so I start making some and then it started getting expensive. I'm like, hey, y'all need to put in on it. (laughs) Like, y'all need to help me out, you know? So then... They start buying, start telling their friends about it. Then I did a test group, you know, um, to see the different hair textures, how well it worked on different hair textures. And I realized that it wasn't a race product. It's actually a texture product. Mm-hmm. Yeah, no, that, that's amazing. And is that is that the moment that you felt like, oh, wow, uh, you've made it kind of now that you're, you know, people are, are willing to pay for your product that you made at home. That's all you know, natural and chemical free. Is that when you felt that? I actually felt like I made it honestly, because I'm very kind of I'm like hard on myself. So I felt like I made it when I made it to Essence Fest. I don't know if you know what Essence Fest is, um, but Essence is a, b- a big uh, African-American owned like network that has a big festival every year in New Orleans. Um, so when I made it to that festival and they chose me as a vendor, I wasn't well known, you know? So, um, that is the moment I felt like I really made it because there's a lot of people who want to support like the underdog or the unknown and things like that. Not saying I'm a charity case, but just to have a big network choose me, you know, to, uh, vend for them with them and not even seeing exactly my product or what it can do. 
was a, a big moment for me. So how was your process through that? How did they, how did they choose you? Uh, so you go through an application process um, and uh, they've actually been doing this uh, for a few years now. And basically you, you tell them what your product is, what it does. And I felt like, especially that year was the first year that they, they were doing um, small businesses because usually, and we still were, they were doing Walmart, L'Oreal, you know, big um, car companies, things like that as their sponsors, you know, and who they support within the Essence Fest. And that year they were introducing small businesses and I feel like they were looking for something new, something different, something a bit more niche um, is my thought as to why they possibly picked me. That's amazing. Congratulations. That's so cool. So you left your job in April of 2020. How, how did you make that choice and how did you feel leaving your full-time job to pursue your business full-time? Well, um, I felt like um, during that time, um, if I could be 100% honest with you, I was going through a mental challenge um, with how I felt um, at the job. Um, I wasn't feeling as fulfilled um, and I, you know, someone didn't feel as cared about. And I had a business where I already made more money at my side hustle than I did on my main job. And I worked that job five days a week, you know, and so I was making maybe 75,000 at that job. And the following year, I made 94,000 the same year, you know, on my side hustle. So I said, if I can take these 10 hours, if you think about, you know, the lunch you don't get paid for and the drive <laughs> in and out, you know, and I put it back into my business, I might be able to, you know, follow this dream, yeah. you know, and bet on myself. Um, did I know that leaving it in the middle of a pandemic uh, was going to be good or not? No. Um, but I trusted, I trusted myself and I bet on me. And I just, I realized I can always go back to this job, but I can't go back to a time where I was on fire about betting on myself. No, that's amazing. I I also kind of thought about that the same way when I was leaving my full-time job to pursue my business too. It's hard because a lot of people get scared, right? Because there's a steady income with a job where it's not like that in a business. So how do you handle the ups and downs of business? Um, honestly, it's really a mindset thing. Um, this is my first winter, so it's like the first, I guess, the down, you know. And so when you are, you know, pretty much riding high, you know, um, for a few months, you know, and then you have to deal with winter and things like that, you start to learn a lot. You have more time. You start to question yourself a lot as an entrepreneur. Um, you do ask yourself those questions, did I make the right choice? Um, but you still have to look at your wins, you know, no matter how small they are. You know, if if mindset shift was a um, was something that you advanced in, that's a win. Um, if you're still making money, just not as much as you were before, and you're still able to take care of bills, that's still a win. You might not have the profits or things in the bank like you wanted to, but you still are, are 
out on your ear. You still have a home and you still have drive and, and will and tenacity. So those are wins. So, and you also have to have that time where you allow yourself to, to be, um, upset or confused because if you don't, the faking will, um, overflow at some point, you know, and you, you, you just want to be honest with you because you can lie to people all day. You can't lie to yourself. So allow yourself that grace, you know, but also don't stay there. You know, just continue to, to lift yourself back up because at the end of the day, you're your biggest cheerleader. And when you believe in you, others believe they don't believe in you first. Yeah. Have you had instances where people didn't believe in you or your product? Uh, yes. In the beginning, um, there was a lot of people because it was new, you know, and they were like, I don't want anything temporary. You know, I can go here and, you know, have this color for months. And, you know, um, I don't, you know, particularly want to deal with any transfer or just not knowing me as an entrepreneur um, or a business namesake. Um, but it, I actually had more people supporting um, than, than not. Um, and at the end of the day, I just kept pushing, um, because I felt like, um, I had a great story, you know, and, um, I had so many people who were inspired to follow their own dreams. Um, and, and then I realized that people, you know, yes, they're buying my product, but they're also, um, they're supporting me as a human being. Yeah. You know, so uh, that's what kept me going. That's amazing. Was it challenging when you had your full-time job and managing your business? It was challenging all the way around. I have two children. Um, I was taking care of my mother. Um, and so because she's, you know, an adult, beyond an adult, you know, she came with her own, you know, bills, you know, two cars, the house, you know, just everything um, on top of then the full time job and then on top of the side hustle. And with that, I was actually going out doing vending events and going out to different states. Where'd you have time? <laughs> I just. I just made the time. I just realized that people make time for what's important to them. And that didn't stop with me because, you know, I wasn't immune to that. I made time for what was important. I made time for the children. I made time for, you know, being a daughter. I made time um, for my job. I can't necessarily say I made a whole bunch of time for myself. Yeah. So somebody sacrificed. <laughs> you know, and that was <laughs> that was a lot of me time. But I kind of felt like the me time was me and my discovery, you know, with this business, you know. So, um, yeah, it it was challenging, but in a way it was fun. Um, I like I like challenges, but I like the challenges I make for myself. Yeah, no, I like that too. <laughs> so it's common for business uh, businesses and entrepreneurs to have advisors as part of their um, network or to help them kind of grow their business. Did you have any advisors that you would say – helped with supporting your business or helped with mentoring you or your business? Um, in the beginning, it, um, I didn't have that, but then I met a now current friend, um, who, um, got me involved with a, um, a group of like-minded individuals, um, 
And the name of the group is Traffic, Sales, and Profit. Um, I end up joining their mastermind group. And um, from there, they have supported me um, and mentored me and helped push me uh, through to where I am today. That's amazing. If you were to do something different um, with your business, would there be anything? Honestly, uh, yes. (laughs) There is a few things. But one of the most memorable things I would do differently is I wouldn't chase a number. Um, when I first, you know, left my job, you know, especially when you're, you're doing, um, a side hustle, you still kind of have that side hustle mentality because that's what you were initially doing. You don't leave a job and automatically become a functioning CEO. You know, once you have that time, you know, you just, you're now you're trying to see who you are within these 10 hours, you know, and it's not as easy as people believe it to be just because you had that time back. So I would have spent more time not trying to make sales to make a million dollars, but trying to learn those things along the way so that I can duplicate how to make a million dollars and, and then some come the following years. So I would have spent more time on knowledge than numbers, if that makes sense. Yeah. And when you're speaking about knowledge, what exactly does that does that mean? Uh, I would spend more time uh, reading, you know, um, doing more research. Um, I would have spent more time um, doing more seminars and webinars, um, asking more questions, and and learning. And and through those learnings, I would have learned earlier about the um, the real importance because you hear about things but if you don't know the why and the and the importance behind those things you don't put more a lot of effort towards it you know mm-hmm. so um i would have learned the why's by learning um why it was important to automate you know and to have different automations in your business Um, and, and then I would have learned earlier on that my goal was actually, uh, to not be a person who left a job and now, you know, um, is a business owner who works in the business. Um, I realized that I'm a person who wants to work on my business and not in it. Um, and in order to do that, you need to have automations and you need to be able to know the type of people you need to hire. But you can only know that when you start segmenting and understanding the different compartments within your business. So those stepping stones and those blocks that I didn't learn because I was just chasing money and making money, you know, um, now I'm doing those things, you know, kind of in reverse. When did you feel like this was something that you should have learned prior? Like what made you, was there an instance that you were, you, you had, or that, you know, happened that made you think like, Oh, I wish I did this in the beginning. Oh yes. Um, so, um, last year, July was like my biggest, uh, month as far as revenue. Congrats. Uh, and I realized that I was not prepared <laughs> for the amount of orders. So when you make a lot of money as a product-based business. Services, if you make 150, you just made 150. Products, you know, you're now looking at do I need more people? 
Uh, I need more jars. I need more labels. I need more ingredients. I'm going to spend more time, more mail, more shipping. It's just a lot of more, you know? And so because I didn't have proper data or understanding, um, it put me behind, you know, on top of, um, you know, dealing with the the shipping situation with, you know, USPS, UPS, FedEx, it didn't matter during COVID. It's just, it was a nightmare, you know? So the learning with the um, pandemic, you know, and then all of this being new for all of us, the vendors and everything, I just realized that if I sell a certain amount, it's going to take a certain amount. Uh, so I need to be prepared as far as, uh, different uh, ingredients and products and a, a lot of stepping stones that need to make sh- need, that I need to make sure that I uh, take into consideration the next time I want to open the floodgates. So it's, it's again, it's not all about I want to make one hundred fifty thousand dollars this month. It's about what is it going to take for me to fulfill the orders yeah. of the amount of one hundred fifty thousand dollars. Um, and how much profit will I make after that? Yeah, because all about managing, being prepared for the growth, right? Like everyone wants to grow, but you have to be prepared for that. And pro- like you said, product-based businesses are a lot harder to be prepared for that because there's that delay and lead time, right, for getting everything. And if a customer gets a late shipment once, you might not have them as a customer for a lifelong. So it's all always very, very important. love to hear from you. Follow us on social media at LN Accounting and visit us or contact me directly at lnaccountingcpa.com and subscribe to Then What Podcast on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, and wherever you find the best podcasts. Are you looking for financial advice or an outsourced CFO or maybe just help with your books or financials? Well, let's talk. As a listener of the podcast, I want to offer you a free consultation call with me. Go on our website at lnaccountingcpa.com and book a call with me today. Again, that's lnaccountingcpa.com. When you reach out, please make sure to mention this podcast. I look forward to hearing from you. How do you feel like you connect with your customers? Um, well, I can't speak like for most people, but for me, I um I actually speak to them the way I speak to anyone else, any friends. Mm-hmm. You know, when I'm doing emails, my emails are not formal at all. You know, um it I don't always pronunciate everything, enunciate. Um, I laugh a lot, I joke a lot in the emails, you know, I'm I'm I'll have a subject line like, Oh girl, no she didn't or something like that. It's something to provoke them to open their emails. Um, I tell my customers I love them, you know, that they're amazing, that they're beautiful. Um, when I go live, I'm pretty much the same person that they see in the emails versus the lives. Um, and so I just, 
I pride myself on being relatable because my brand, I call them family members. They're mm-hmm. Mystique Natural fam. You know, so um, when they join our email group, you know, I just say, you know, welcome, you know, to the family. You know, we're going to love you and take care of you. Things like that. It's not that you're um, just being sold to and you just have hair color. Now you've gained a network of family, you know, um, and I'm happy to have you. Yeah. So you mentioned something before about team, right? Like um, if you had known earlier, thinking about, you know, who to bring on board, what team. Do you currently have a team right now? I currently have a team. I feel like I've I scaled really quickly um, as far as um, building that team up. I should have taken more time to really precisely um, decide when I needed and who I needed at what time, what quarter, you know, and the affordability of them all. Um, so really it was like, uh, someone who never really had an, an, an excerpt of money. Um, and now they have it and they know that they need these certain members. So they just hire them all, mm-hmm. you know, I did that, you know? Um, so in that, especially with the pandemic, I just scaled back, you know, a little at a time. Um, and, I was okay with, you know, um, any of the changes as far as if people stayed or if they left, uh, because I understood what I had done. So for me, it was a lot of, you know, I feel like it was a lot of good trial and error. That's how you You learn, right? (laughs) (laughs) Um, from a hiring process, like what are some things that you wish that, you know, you explained what you wish that you um, did better, but were there other challenges like for finding the right people or finding the right person for a certain role? Uh, Yes, because um, I can only speak for the time frame in which I did things, but during the pandemic was very, it was very challenging. One, um, you know, should I put out advertisements for actual human beings to have meetings with them? Mm-hmm. You know, um, as far as Zoom, there wasn't a lot of people for the um, the people I were looking for. Um, they 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 weren't really up to, you know, uh, they did FaceTime and things like that. But that's not very professional. Um, so, you know, just using Zoom, um, knowing what questions to ask. Um, I didn't really have a good onboarding process. Um, I um, I didn't know all the documents needed. It was a lot of, um, I need this, you know, at this time, what does it take to get that done versus, you know, um, knowing everything in advance mm-hmm. um, that I didn't know. Um, so, so a lot of that, I was flying by the seat of my pants uh, with that. So if you were to tell a business owner or entrepreneur that's hiring, what what would be the advice you would give them? I would say, one, if you have a friend or if you know someone who is in HR, you know, where you can possibly pay them just for that project, which is, hey, I want to hire this person, get with them and see if they can work with you to hire the correct person. Because you might not have the time. You might be like me, the face of your brand and you can't do everything and you can't possibly know everything because you have your own special genius, you know, so you, you can't always even try to save a lot of money trying to do and learn everything, you know, just spend that time trying to partner, you know, with someone to 
maybe do one-off projects if you can't afford, afford them full time, you know, cause I know that HR could be expensive, but it could be even more expensive later, you know, by you, you know, not trying to use them at least during that time. Yeah. And so you explained that you had a tremendous growth, right? During COVID, um, like one of your highest months was during COVID. And I, I feel like for e-commerce, that's, that was a trend, right? Last year was e-commerce boomed because everyone was at home purchasing things, trying new things, especially supporting small businesses. So how have you been able to keep up that growth? So I, I feel like um, it's like what you said earlier. There's a lot of ups and downs. And what I've done is I actually have taken a step back and not focusing on 100% just the constant growth but really trying to make sure that my business is being built not on sand, but on a cement, you know, ground. So during that time, growth is always great when you're prepared for it, when you know what you're looking for, when you know what to do with, you know, now all this abundance. Uh, So now it's like, I know what to do. I know what to expect. And I know how to segment. I know the people I should talk to. I know when I should do something. I know when I shouldn't do it. Um, so I'm just focusing on annual planning, you know, versus pulling stuff out of my behind, you know, because in the beginning, especially as a, a brand new full-time entrepreneur, you are just trying to do something, if you're blessed enough to have somebody that you can, that's in your pocket that can tell you every single thing to do, then that's great. But most of us don't have that, you know? So now I just try to take everything that I learn and take my time in the execution of it. Even if it seems slower because you're so used to the faster pace, you know, it's, it's kind of like being out here on the road and, you decide to finally, I mean, I know a lot of people are probably perfect, but um, (laughs) the speed limit, the absolute speed limit, and you just feel like it's slower, but it was always supposed to be this speed limit. So it might feel like that to you, but it, it will be best, you know, for you in the long run, uh, because you can see better once you take your time and pace yourself. So that's a hard thing that you said, right? I, feel like a lot of business owners, and I will say, including myself sometimes, struggle with that, like the slow down, right? Because you're caught up in the momentum and you don't want the momentum to end. So you get scared that, okay, if I stop right now, what happens to what I just built? And so it's, and honestly, from our side, you know, we've seen a lot of businesses that have grown a lot, but then crash because they couldn't keep up with the growth you know, um, and they didn't put the right processes or procedures to prepare, like you said, for the growth or unexpected changes, right? How are you able to kind of talk yourself out of moving so fast and slow down and, you know, enjoy the process even, you know, and figure out what needs to be done next versus just rushing into the next thing? Um, Like you said, it was hard. Um, I actually had um, a situation in my business where it, it slowed me down period. Um, and during that time, I'm a person who, instead of, I mean, once I get out of the shock of a situation, Mm -hmm. you know, 
I'm not going to say I just immediately think through it because I'm awesome. Um, but once I, I slow down for the from the shock of any situation, my question is, okay, now what am I supposed to learn from this situation? Why, why did this happen? But even more so, what am I supposed to learn? So once I learned, I could see myself. I could see my business better. And it was like, you need to slow down. You know, you, what's for you is for you. There's nothing new under the sun. Now you're new and your product is a niche product, but if you believed in it before, you can believe in it now. They're, they're not in a rush to find you. You just, you don't want to have a awesome product, you know, where, you know, there's say like you just open a, a new pizzeria and they have like bomb pizza and then all of a sudden, you know, six months later, you're as a customer, like, where is so-and-so? Their foundation wasn't good. You know, they, they, the business practices weren't there. It had nothing to do with the product. It was all the process, you know? And so I realized my processes weren't properly in place, you know, for me to have longevity within the marketplace. That was more important to me than momentum because there's a lot of people that will push you into something really fast and as soon as you fall walk over you <laughs> into something else yeah or on you, you know what I mean so yeah you know so yeah. I just, it was important for me to learn and then learn how to better execute you know and and understand that if I want to have longevity you know in the market space is for me to learn what others have learned and they didn't do it fast and they didn't have their internet and they're still here. Yeah. How have you put those processes in place? Has it been you mainly taking a step back? Have you had resources to help you? Um, it's, it's a matter of both. Uh, what I realized is I'm actually, I, during this, I guess, downtime, I realized that I'm actually a creative person and most creative persons are in our head, which means that we're very disorganized, uh, <laughs> if you want to just say it lightly, you know, but we do things that others wish they could do, which is be ourselves, be outward, be creative, you know, be motivational, be inspirational. You know, it's just the back end work that we're really not good at. So instead of trying to learn all of that, you know, you get yourself and your business to a place where you can afford to, um, to partner with or, um, hire someone who's good at those things you are not. Um, so I recently, um, worked with, um, a company that is good or specializes in like organizing your business, you know, and, uh, getting your processes in place. Um, and just all there, uh, is Taylor Business Solutions. They're able to come in. You're able to get your onboarding, your offboarding, um, and also you're able to get your step-by-step um, -step SOP. I had no idea that my um, job before um, had SOPs um, that I can go look at. They were just an older business. I worked for the federal government, um, but they did start with SOPs. Um, in which we didn't have. Um, so I learned to put the step-by-step -step together. 
um, so that anybody coming in, I no longer have to worry about pulling someone else and asking them to help them with that process. I can say, go here. And then the the great thing about technology you have things like Loom, where you can do those processes, put them into an a email and send it to that person for those who are more visual other than just, you know, reading something. Uh, so, uh, again, I just partner with other businesses that can help me uh, get my processes together a lot better. What did um, you look for in professional advisors? Like, what would you have done differently in timing or picking advisors or what kind of advisors you picked, like CPA, attorney, manufacturing, sales rep? Well, being in the mastermind that I'm in, I actually pretty much have everyone that I need. Um, it just comes to a point where you're getting your business to a a, um, a a type of revenue where you can afford, you know, the amount of people that you're actually going to need. Um, but we also help each other um, within uh, this organization um, to further ourselves because you have something I need, you know, and vice versa. So I was able to have a pool of people to actually pick from to say, hey, are you able to assist me with that? Can you send me your price point for this and that? And then start to work with them. So it was all pretty much, you know, um, given to me and I'm very grateful for it. That's amazing. What did you learn about finances that you didn't know before? Oh my gosh. Um, I learned, I learned a heap of things about finances. <laughs> I learned that, um, I look at different businesses differently now. Um, you, I look at a million dollars differently now. I used to, you know, be in awe of it. And I realized that, uh, there's so many different expenses, uh, for a business, uh, a product-based business. I just try to specify it. Um, a product-based business, there's so many different um, expenses that you have to account for. And honestly, um, especially when you're first kind of like starting up, uh, you're always finding new expenses that you didn't pay attention to before. Um, they've always been there. You just didn't know that it was taking from your bottom line. But as you learn and you grow and you really start to hone in on where your money is going, how often it's going out, if you actually need this, you know, um, and, and so many more things, it helps with the fluctuation of your finances. And I also learned that as long as you are doing what you're supposed to do when you get a loan, they're not as bad as I anticipated. Um, in all actuality, um, other businesses... I mean, other um, investors, you know, and things like that, or banks, trust more people who are willing to risk, you know, having a loan versus somebody who just paid cash for everything. And that's what I was trying to go towards mm -hmm. um, and it helps with your, your business credit and things like that. So, I mean, that's not even half of what I learned about financing, but that's a good thing. Yeah. So what's your next step or goal that you that you want to reach, that you feel like you would have made a difference if you reached it? It's more of an internal thing versus external. I want to have a better team. Um, and I'm not saying that my team is bad. What I mean is um, I want to come together better. I want to have better meetings um, so that we can all use our heads more often and be more consistent in that. Um, I, I feel like for me, 
the foundational work of a business is far more important than um, just trying to gain something um, financially, you know, which is what most Americans are, you know, uh, bred to think about is money and more money, Um, but not really the foundation it takes in order to obtain and maintain, you know, that type of lifestyle that you want to live. Um, I don't feel like a lot of us in school are even taught about that, you know. Um, So, I mean, for me, I don't know. That's why a lot of, um, I would say, football players who, you know, don't do well, you know, um, after, you know, um, playing is because they've gotten money, but they've never learned how to make that money make money for them. So one of my goals is just to make sure that I learn how to make the money that I do um, obtain continue to make money for the business, you know, and then scale, you know, as, as that comes in um, and make better partnerships is what I would like to do. Um, And then maybe break into some digital products, you know, so um, of course I have a revenue goal, um, but I would definitely love um, all the internal goals that I have to manifest, um, much um, more than just a revenue goal. That's amazing. What advice or tip would you have for entrepreneurs that are either starting off their business or are, you know, in the growth stage of their business? Well, there's a lot of us who, you know, still have a job, you know, um, and they have children, things like that. And um, I was one of those. I was single. I had kids and taking care of my mom. And I still decided to leave my job. Um, you can do that, you know, without a partner. It's much easier with one, you know, but you can. And so what I want to say is take 15 minutes a day, talk to yourself, you know, decide what you want to do with whatever dream you've decided to um, go towards. And um, anytime you feel that you want to come home from work and you're too tired to you know, do anything, you know, you need to chastise yourself, you know, mentally and say, how dare I come home after working for somebody for nine hours and tell me I don't have enough time for myself. Mm-hmm. You know, you, you have the time that's most important for you. And if you continue to work, you'll be able to possibly, you know, leave that job, you know, and have the life and feel as fulfilled as you want to be. If you started 15 minutes a day and then I went to an hour and then two hours. And then um, as far as the children, when they started to feel not neglected, but just, you know, less time for me, you know, I started integrating them into the business, teaching them about the business, you know, and then um, teaching them financial literacy, financial freedom, you know, why I'm doing it and um, making promises to them, you know, because it, kids don't forget things. Okay. So they will ask you about something. So I would make a promise to them. Hey, um, I plan on trying to be here around this time, or mommy's going to work up until like eight 30, then you can come knock on the door. You have me till then, you know, and just learning about, uh, just managing your time, you know, and, and, um, caring more about, um, being in competition with yourself, um, then, um, constantly complaining about somewhere you may or may not want to be. Yeah. How can, how can we find you or your company? 
and your products? Well, we are on all the social medias, Facebook, Instagram, Pinterest, YouTube, and all of our handles are Mystique Naturals, which is M-Y-S-T-E-E-K. And our website is MystiqueNaturals.com. Hey, thank you, Electra. Um, This was very inspiring. So thank you so much for being on here. Thank you. Leaping is a big deal. Knowing what to do when you leap is bigger. Perhaps most powerful is learning as you go. Discovering what you didn't know and making course corrections to assure future leaps are aimed in the right direction. Slowing down and being able to establish processes and find the right team and partners can really help a company scale up. In the end, it's knowing when to slow down and when to leap that can lead you in the right direction. Forward. I'm Lahari Nilparetti. See you next time. Then What is produced by Ellen Accounting Advisor in partnership with Mouth Media Network. Copyright 2021. The views and opinions expressed are those of the individuals on this podcast and do not necessarily reflect the official policy or position of Ellen Accounting Advisor or Mouth Media Network. No portion of this program should be considered financial advice or consultation. Thank you for listening. <laughs>